Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. Here's Pastor Ryan. And Father, we do thank you this evening again for your beautiful grace that has pulled us from the pit of despair from the grasps of hell. We're just so grateful for the blood of Jesus, your son, that cleanses us. And you raised him from the dead to justify us on the third day. And we're here this evening, Lord, looking into your word and ask that you'd give us eyes to see what you would say to each and every one of us. Lord, give us humble hearts to to receive, remove any pride or arrogance from us, any anger, any hatred. Speak to us, Lord, by your grace. Give us hearts of understanding. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. So, First and Second Kings in our Bibles, as you know, is the history of the kings of Israel. And the, the kingdom of Israel is divided. God's people are divided into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. God divided them. Because during Solomon's time, they, the nation started uh, worshiping false idols, turning from the love of God and wanting to be like the world. So they turned from the Lord and the Lord separated the nations as uh, judgment towards them to try to wake them up from their sin. And so God split them. And the First and Second Kings, it's a history of how these kings... And their particular kingdoms behaved towards God. And the kings that honored the Lord in their uh, leadership, in their reign, God blessed their nation. God blessed the king. God blessed the people. But the kings that didn't honor the Lord, the nation was cursed. The nation had problems and the kings would have problems. No kings in the north would walk with the Lord or honor the Lord in the northern kingdom of Israel. In the southern kingdom of of Judah, some kings honored the Lord. Some, you would think all of them. They had the history. They had King David. They had uh, the scribes, the scriptures, the temple. You would think more kings would honor the Lord, but very few did. And really the Bible's showing us that it's through the southern kingdom of Judah, which the messianic line to Jesus Christ would eventually come, for Jesus is the son of David. And so it's showing how throughout their history there was so much drama, so much mess, but yet God was working through that in order to get Jesus to be born one day in Bethlehem 
in the town of David for us one day. The proverb is true concerning the nations that we're reading about. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And it's true today. This is why, as believers in Christ, we should know what's going on in our community. We should know what's going on in our nation. We should stand in the gap. We should know what's going on. But it's also true in our personal life. Righteousness exalts a person, but sin is a reproach to any person as well. In Psalm 92, verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I know, like it, I know it seems like a long road for you guys looking at me, but time does fly when you're having fun in the Lord. Amen. And God can turn a life around really quick. So you can come from a messed up life to start walking in his righteous ways and see what he can do very fast. And so here in our scripture today, a new king has been um, ordained or has come to the throne in the southern kingdom of Judah. And his name's Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, 25 years of age when he took uh, the reign, the reigns of, of the kingdom. And he was a great king, guys. We got a good one. In fact, the Bible says that he was like the best out of these kings, not since uh, King David. And so he was written about a lot. He was a righteous king, and he came in and honored the Lord. He clung to the Lord. He trusted the Lord. The beautiful uh, thing about him is that his father was a wicked king. His, his predecessor, his father before him, Ahaz, was a terrible and wicked and evil king. He literally drove, drove the kingdom of Judah into the trash. He ended worship at the temple. He closed the doors on God's people from worshiping the Lord. There hadn't been a Passover celebration or the Feast of Unleavened Bread in years. He ended up asking the priests to build a pagan altar outside of the temple by which they would offer sacrifices to false gods in front of the temple. Can you believe that? He was abominable. He was wicked. Some of his other children, he made them to be human sacrifices to these pagan gods. He was evil. And then his 25-year-old son becomes king when he dies. And he chooses a whole different route. So none of us are bound or beholden to the sins of our parents or the lack thereof. None of us are. And too many people nowadays, they make excuses excuses like babies mom my mother wasn't there my father you know i just shared with you my background i was that way i thought this world dealt me a terrible hand but when christ gets a hold of your heart you realize wait a minute it's just proof that this is a fallen world but i can live a different life you can live a different life doesn't matter how late it is in the game for your life it doesn't matter what you've done, what has been done to you. If you want to change in the Lord, you can. But our greatest need is salvation from our sins, from the self-worship that this whole world is, is deceived in worshiping themselves. You can be a self-righteous good citizen. You're still a sinner. Or you can be the worst criminal. You're still a sinner. Both need salvation. Both need to come to the end of themselves. In God's estimation, our greatest need is, is for our sins to be forgiven. And because before we come to him, we're dead in our trespasses. We are spiritually 
dead. And we need to be revived. And the only way, the only way is through Jesus Christ. You're, we are spiritually dead because of Adam. We are alive spiritually by our faith in Jesus Christ. And not just any faith. Oh, I believe this stand is here. I don't worship it. I believe that speaker is there. I don't worship. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I worship him. That's justifying faith, not just believing in him. You must follow him and surrender. Repent. Doesn't matter how bad or how good our parents were. We're not beholden to that. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know it well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hezekiah trans just cleaned up Judah. What a king. Guys, he opened the doors. He had the priests, the Levites, sanctify themselves. That means clean yourselves up before the Lord. Repent. Mourn over your condition and the condition of our land and the condition of the temple. And he had them take out all the rubbish, get, get rid of it, get rid of it. Clean up the house of the Lord. And they did that. And they got it prepared for fellowship again. And homeboy sent runners out with letters telling people, come, come back, come back from the farthest parts of Israel saying, we're going to worship the Lord in the house of the Lord. Come back. And boy, did they come. That's who Hezekiah is. Godly man. Godly man. And so in verse 9, we begin. And just before that, it's saying how blessed he was. How everything he touched prospered because he held on to the Lord. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And God is glorified if we bear fruit that's lasting. Lasting fruit. And it only comes by a closeness of the Lord. There's no other way around it. Because he was, it says that he trusted in the Lord and that he, stood, he, uh, he was steadfast. He was like hooked. It's a hook. To be steadfast is to be hooked. He was hooked onto the Lord. So everything he touched prospered. He had victory over his enemies. His father was giving uh, tribute to the Assyrian army. He was giving tribute to the Assyrian king because the Assyrians were the powerhouse at that time. They were cleaning every country's clock. They were going around just taking, taking captives back to Assyria. That's what the Assyrians did. They conquered, they took people back to their own land, spread them out, and then brought other people from other nations in that land. And so the Assyrians were brutal and they're cleaning house. The northern kingdom, unfortunately, is taken. Ten tribes of the nation of Israel taken into captivity by the Assyrians. They come into Israel and they take them because they had turned from the Lord. And that's where we're at. It were, it's giving you a backdrop to what happened in Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom. And so now it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmanzer, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years, they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is, the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel. Now, all this is mentioned in two chapters prior, chapter 17. But just for a time reference, the writer is repeating the story of what took place to the northern kingdom of Israel. They got taken. doesn't exist anymore. The ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away captive to Assyria and put them in Halah and by the... Habar, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not, listen to this, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, and all that Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded, 
and they would neither hear nor do them. And so it is explained to us why they were taken, why their lives were ruined, why their lives were destroyed. Because they sinned against the love of God, they would not hear the word nor do the word. They would not listen to the voice of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving in this world like never before, wooing people who don't know Christ, that they might come to know Christ. The Holy Spirit is touching you. I know he is pulling on hearts that are here. Come to Jesus and be saved. Turn from this wicked generation and be saved. The Holy Spirit, that's what he does. Before I came to know the Lord, I couldn't go anywhere without running into some Christian. Well, my whole life, I never ran into any Christians. But when God knew it was my time, guys, I went as far, I mean, I was running. I went to Rosarito to go party, and I met a Christian. I went to the taco stand in Almani, hungover, and I meet a Christian, and he gives me a Bible. My friend comes back from the Navy, sees the Bible that the guy at the taco stand gave me, and said, you ought to read it. There's 31 Proverbs. You should read one a day. I go to work and there's a Christian. I go to, I get transferred and there's a Christian. Everywhere I, I went, there was, why? The Holy Spirit was calling, pulling. Will you hear the voice of God tonight? Or keep turning from it? I'm telling you, I love you, but without Christ, you will not see heaven. You will not see your loved ones. This isn't a game. It is over. It is over. There will be gnashing of the teeth. It's where the worm doesn't die, where the fire is not quenched. Hell is a real place. And it really is a heartbeat away for some people. But obedience was the issue. Obedience. Obey. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. If you love me. Obedience is so important nowadays. Not that any of us perfect obedience. But it should should be one of our prayers every day what do we mean by when we say thy will be done what do we mean by that but what you want me to do i i help me to do it i will do it so help me god i will do it i will obey your word that should be our daily prayer that we would be obedient because god or god anoints obedience too many christians want things to happen but there's no obedience why would he do why would he bless you know, uh, complacency or laziness. We need to be in the Lord. We need to be praying for obedience and listening to his voice, which I know no other way but by prayer and the study of his word. We can, here's the thing, here's what I was afraid of before I came to know Christ. There's just no way I can live a holy life. <laughs> There's just no way. I was that guy that just super crazy reveler partier crazy and i never thought but christ convinced me that through him i will be completely different no longer in bondage to the things of this world the flesh the sin the wickedness no more and it's crazy when you give your life to the lord how instantaneous you just have a desire for god and for living right it just it's a supernatural thing so don't worry about how many times you failed you failed because you were not in christ but if you are in christ he'll change you he'll take that those desires away satan will try to bring them back your flesh will the world will but boy we can obey in christ and say no to those things 
Paul would say in Romans 6, 19, 16 through 19, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that th though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and, lawless, and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Something changes supernaturally. Like that. Paul was on his way to kill Christians, and just like that, He's there to help Christians, just like that. What was it? He was born again. So now, supernaturally, you wake up embracing being a slave to righteousness. You just, slaves just do what they're told, man. The Holy Spirit tells you to be righteous. And he checks thoughts, and he checks actions, and he checks um, a lot of our heart constantly. And it's supernatural. Trust me, just give them your life and it'll happen. Verse uh, 13, And in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. That's a very sad section of scripture. Would you agree? Very sad. Thought Hezekiah was so down. He was. He was down. Hezekiah got shook up, shook up in his faith when the armies came. Lachish is in central Judah. It's a stronghold. It's a place where, where the Assyrians parked and were about to springboard into Jerusalem and take over. We don't read anywhere where Hezekiah prayed. We don't read anywhere. We just read he gets hit with this. And his response to that sudden terror is to give in to fear and to placate his enemy. To give to the enemy what the enemy wanted. And there's a lot of lessons there for us today. This world, the devil, our flesh will try to come against us to catch us off guard. And we need to be ready with the word of God for whatever hits us in this world. And we are living at a time where strange things are happening. Very strange. We see corruption at the highest levels of our country. We see laws being tossed at us. We always knew they were going to come after the church, and they are. There's hypocrisy. There's lies. There's fear. There's condemnation. There's division. There's, there's a lot of lies. And a lot of censorship of truth. Of thought. We're living in crazy time. I miss the simple days of Chuck Smith and sitting at Costa Mesa just letting him teach. It's nuts. Anything can happen here. And the Bible warns us as believers 
that it's up to us to do all that we need to do to stand. You cannot do it for someone else. They cannot do it for you. You have to decide every day whether you're going to be girded up in the word of God, girded up in prayer, so that no matter what comes into our life, no matter what the enemy throws at us, our first instinct isn't to placate them. Our first instinct isn't to give in to the world and their philosophies and their ways and their information. But as believers, we're testing all things, wise as serpents, gentle as doves, walking circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time because the days are evil, to know what's going on. How do we discern? Hebrews 5 tells us at the end of Hebrews 5, it's by way of use, having our senses exercised, praying, being in the spirit, then we can discern what's good and what's, what's bad. What pastors are preaching truth, which ones are just entertaining goats. And it's the word that'll help you. In Proverbs 3, it talks about the benefit of, the, of knowledge of wisdom, knowledge and wisdom of God and his word. It says in Proverbs 3, 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs 2, verse 17 through 19, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. So what's the deal with Hezekiah? He did all of these reforms. He cleaned up the church. God used him to do mighty things. Everything he touched prospered. So why is this king coming against him, messing with him? Well, God tests the hearts. He doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. Oh, you prayed when you were down in the dumps very well. When you hit rock bottom, oh, you're scratching and swimming. And I'll do anything to get my life right. But there's a danger when God starts writing your wrong life. And it becomes so right and so comfortable and so blessed. Perhaps you, we lose an edge of what we used to have in our prayer life, in our study life, in our devotions. You know, there's not as... And I think that's what happened to Hezekiah. We're not told here. But if you read 2 Chronicles chapter 29, 30, 31, if you read Isaiah 36 and 37, Hezekiah was a great man, a godly man. But he was so blessed that we're told that he, he got to his head a little bit. And it said, this was scary to me. It said he prayed, but not the way he used to pray. It's scary. I'm terrified of stopping to pray. I'm terrified of losing the passion to do what is necessary to guard my life. I am, if there's anything that I can share with you, I'm terrified of that. I see my body. I see uh, the weakness in my own life. I you know, we are to examine ourselves, whether we're in the faith. We see the weakness. We sense the weakness. We sense the pride, the arrogance. Paul said, who can help me from this body of death? I thank God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. But when things begin to go right, there is that danger of taking your foot off the gas. There is. We've seen it happen. I've seen it. I've been walking with the Lord 21 years. I'm in the ministry. I've seen good men who started off very well lose faith. 
I'm in my, I'm in the, my, uh, the midlife, right? 45, is that midlife? I still think I can skateboard and stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll ride a tricycle. I'm 45, I'm a youngster. But I'm midlife. I want to end well. I want to live well. I want to have faith like I did at the beginning. I don't want to lose my first love. And I, guys, I know no other way than prayer. And we can pray all the time, which is good. We should pray when we walk. We should pray when we talk. We should pray no matter where we're at. Pray without ceasing. But our Lord spent time in solitude prayer. He did. When he ministered all night long at Peter's, mom, Peter's house, healed his mother-in-law. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951 951- 572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above-